Welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. How you doing, Schwan? Not bad at all, sir. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, this week's uh, last week's UFC fights and this week's coming weeks. Uh, just wanted to mention that uh, the fights from last Saturday are uh, all three fights are up on my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay. The first one we're going to talk about is um, Alexa Grasso beat uh, Gian Kim uh, by unanimous decision. This was Alexa's first fight at flyweight. And I just thought that G fought a very poor fight. Um, you know, she's a counter puncher. Uh, she just wasn't aggressive enough. And that's why she lost the fight. And Alexa Grasso is a fighter that if you are aggressive with her, you'll be more effective. So I yeah, don't know. What, I, would, I don't know what the, the deal is with this. I would agree the same. Um, I think Kim is a good fighter. She's durable. She's got good timing. She's an effective counterpuncher. She seems like a decent enough striker. Effective. She has and, power. And she has power too. Yeah, she she seems to be able to hit pretty hard. The issue I saw was, was what was what she said. We talked about this last week. Again. Hello. What did you cut off? She gets hesitant. Right. She let Alexa Grasso get going, and once Alexa, Alexa gets momentum, she's pretty much unstoppable. In every fight she's lost, she's come up to a slow start, and then at every fight, late in the fight, she'll turn it on. And then you see the athleticism, you see the aggression, you see the striking skills, and she looks like a top 10 fighter. But if you can stop her early, she never gets to that point, or she doesn't get to that point until later in a fight. And for some reason, Kim's team didn't prepare her to stop it. They didn't have her attacking the body. They didn't have her countering those kicks because Grasso was throwing naked kicks early in the fight. They didn't have her clinching early to kind of take some of the spring out of her step. They just basically had a fight plan that guaranteed Grasso was going to win because they let her get the space, find her timing, get in rhythm, and then let her ramp up her work rate. It was yeah. pretty bad coaching. And they left their fighter out there to hang in it. Hello? Yes. Disappeared there for a second. Yeah, okay. just you disappeared there for a second. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I, the the problem is with the coaching. So mm -hmm. I I can kind of explain that a little bit. Uh, most Koreans who are in MMA started out as kickboxers, and that's true of Jiyeon Kim as well. Okay, she got into MMA uh, in Japan, working for Deep Jewels and other companies like that. Okay, and uh, the problem in, in Korea, and it's even wor it's worse in Korea than it is in, in, in Japan, is that the MMA training is not up to snuff. So if anyone is to blame for her giving a poor performance in that fight, it's her coach. And, um, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, they need to do something to improve her. I don't know if they can, because I, as I said, I don't think the coaching is good enough. Well, you know? I, I, that's the thing. I, I don't know if they can either. A, she's a little bit. She's not old, but she's a little bit older and set in her style. And B, they don't just seem to have the awareness. Just off of look, I'm I'm not an expert myself, but just off of knowing Grasso and knowing Kim's style, first thing I would have told Kim is she throws a naked kick, counter it, and early on the fight, if you're only going to throw ten ton punches around, we need to make those ten punches count 
attack the body, jab her in the chest, punch to the body. Halfway through the second round, she's gonna slow, and you'll have a 50-50 shot of winning the fight. The way she was fighting, she had no way, to, she had no chance. Grasso wasn't breathing, Grasso wasn't missing punches. I'm like, you just set her up for a win. And like I said last week, this was a showcase fight. The UFC set this up for a reason. She's good enough to make it a little tough, but not good enough to make Grasso uncomfortable enough that she might lose. Okay, well, let, we're going to the next fight. You were you were asking me about uh, next opponent for Alexa, and it's going to be a ranked fight. That much I can tell you. Um, who it'll be? It's difficult to say. I mean, these pandemic and everything, anything's possible. Okay, so uh, I don't know. Uh, one fighter that might be interesting is Jillian Robertson. Okay. I would like that. All right. So the net, the second fight was a strawweight. It was Lavinia Souza beat uh, Emily Whitmire by first round armbar. And Emily Whitmire is now training uh, with your boy, John Wood, at uh, Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. Okay. She's originally from uh, Oregon. Um, so basically, Emily took her down, landed on top, and from the bottom, uh, Lavinia was throwing elbows. And she was mainly doing that to distract Emily so she could grab her arm, and that's what she did, and then the fight was over. And the pattern with Lavinia is this. She's a BJJ whiz. Her striking is subpar at best. Taking her down is probably not the best way to beat her. The best way to beat her is to strike with her, and she'll get tired, and then you'll win. And, like, she was on a three-fight losing streak, and that's how she lost fights, okay, is that she got tired. Okay. Well, I think good. Well, the biggest thing I saw, I thought, I felt that Ed Whitmire could grapple with her in spots, but like you said, she had to set it up correctly. I I thought she was going to use a long jab, use front kicks, use some kicks to the the leg and the body, and maintain her range, wear her out, and then later in the fight get a takedown and control her. But I didn't expect her to panic when she got hit. When she got hit or got an exchange early, she panicked. Yeah. And she went for the takedown, and she landed right in the guard, and then she didn't even try to get back up. Now, I know Whitmire can grapple, but there's levels to this, and if her coach told her that she could grapple with that girl for extended, extended exchanges, yeah. and I could have sworn I said last week that if she's going to wrestle her, it needs to be later in the round, later in the fight, where she's a little bit slick and she can escape. But in the first she 30 did. seconds of the fight? No, she, it, it led right into the and John was a John was a veteran coach. Of just walked into it. He's a veteran she, coach. I, I expected his fighter to be a little bit more prepared. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was just, I think we thought Emily was better. I wasn't sold on that, but <laughs> um, I wasn't pretty. Like I said, you can't fight that way with that girl, Lavinia. You just can't. It's the wrong approach. Yeah. Right? Anyway, the third fight was pretty funny. It was um, uh, Mallory Martin beat um, – what's her face? Hannah Cyphers. Hannah, Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, I almost forgot her name. Uh, by second round, uh, TKO. Or actually, it was really a good show, if I mistake. Almost a TKO. So the, this was a funny fight. I, it just made me laugh. So Hannah knocked her down, right? So I'm saying, Jesus, go finish her for God's sakes. You know? And I knew – that when she didn't finish her, she was going to get killed in round two. Okay? Because she had to finish her. Yeah, you know? it's, like, it's like you said before, Hannah Cyphers is very limited in her skill set. 
So when she has her moments of brilliance, she has to build on them and basically close the show. She uh, let her I, off the hook, man. I actually saw some improvement in Cypher. Cypher's takedown defense looked a little bit better. She seemed to be handle distancing in space. She worked the clinch very well, and she was setting up her punches with fakes. That's, that's how she caught Martin. So I was actually a little impressed with Cypher's. I thought she showed him some improvement. Mallory Martin had some work to do because she never should have been in that position in the first place. She was flinching from the shot on her back of her heels and took a flush shot right in the face, and she had no idea how to regain her her poise or her composure throughout the rest of those exchanges. She was just covering up, stumbling around, falling down. She had no idea how to parry, how to block, how to move her feet, how to tie up. She was just getting lit up the better part of a half a round, and that's not a good sign because Cyphers is not a power puncher. Cyphers is not a physical dynamo, and the fact that Martin had no sense of awareness in the middle of a tough fight isn't isn't a good sign for me. It, it's just not. No, I I, I think uh, uh, if it's somebody better than Hannah Cyphers, I mean she gets finished. That's it. Yeah, if that, if, I mean let's, basically let's put let's put it down. She needed a, that she needed that whole round to get her bearings about her, and then then in the second round she fought the fight the way she should have fought it. That's I don't understand right. why these fighters who are weak in certain areas insist on challenging fighters who are better in those areas. Just because Hannah Cyphers is losing doesn't mean that you can strike with her. Mallory Martin striking is terrible. Offensively, it's, it's average at best. Defensively, she's like a heavy bag. And I don't know why she thought she could have changed her hands. Oh, Hannah's yeah. lost a bunch of fights. And, and, and she trains at a good camp. She trains at elevation. So there must be it, something. She, maybe she's not listening very well. Striking, striking, grappling is a little bit different because you have control of the person. So the, skills, the skill is a little bit more static because you have control and they have to fight away from your control. Striking is more free-flowing. You have to have a better sense of awareness because you, know, you, you have no track of that person. You can't just pick up striking overnight. Now, if Mallory Martin had a big punch and had a really great chin, yes, yeah, she could pick it up because if nothing else, she could just dig in and, and land. But she doesn't have a great chin. She doesn't like getting hit, and she's not a great athlete, which means her striking has to be pitch perfect for her to be effective. It's going to take time for her to become truly effective at striking because she doesn't have any of the athletic tools to be a great striker. I'm just calling it yeah, straight. Yeah, she needs to improve her striking, or she's going to get killed. Come up with a jab. I mean, she didn't even have a consistent jab. No, she, she didn't and, even have a jab. But she really needs to improve in that area because she's not going to get past. Uh, she she's going to have to face ranked fighters, and she's going to lose. I, I would, if I if possible, I would tell them to take her. Give about six months off, six to eight months, and really just work on functional striking and how to mix her striking with her her grappling. At least get as it functional. For, as for Hannah, I mean, you know, obviously we think she should be released, but because she, she will show. fight anybody. She Sorry, she she put on a good show, and to me, she looked she looked like she, she had improved. Her takedown defense was a little bit better. Her awareness on the feet was a little bit better. Her shot selection was a lot better. She looked better to me. I expected Mallory Martin to steamroll her. I didn't see. I, I you know why I would release her because I would have her go to Invicta. Yeah. You know that that would be that would be great for her money wise. It wouldn't be, but for her development, well, yes, know, it'd be great. Yeah, because she's not a UFC caliber fighter. She never was. Okay, and you know she needs to do something about her ground skills. Otherwise, she's going to get eaten up. She's already gotten eaten up. Okay, okay. So, like I said, all three of those fight videos are up on my blog, frankp 316blogspotcom Okay, for this Saturday's show. There's supposed to be three fight, women's fights on the show, 
Uh, Nico Montano versus Julia Avila. Uh, Nico came down with COVID-19, so that has been rescheduled. I think October 3rd is the date on that. The second fight was supposed to be um, uh, Macy Chason versus Sajari Eubanks. So Macy pulled out due to injury, and the replacement was Carol Rosa. Now it was reported about uh, an hour ago that Carol uh, is in the hospital. Uh, she got sick because of the weight cut, so that fight is off. So now we only have one fight left on the show, and it was supposed to be uh, Montana De La Rosa uh, versus, uh, what's her face there? Uh, Viviana Elijah? No, it's the girl. That's that's who she's fighting. It was originally supposed to be uh, the girl from Romania or someplace. Or whatever. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Viviani Araujo is the replacement fighter. She's getting on short notice, and I actually think she's a tougher opponent than uh, oh, Marina Morose. That's what I'm saying. The original opponent was Marina Morose, and she pulled out, and now it's Viviani Araujo. And I think she's actually a tougher opponent than um, than um, than Marina. Marina. Yeah. yeah. Now Viviani, she's from Brazil. She's from Brasilia, Brazil. Uh, she was a uh, a champion uh, in pancreas in Japan as a strawweight, and she's kind of interesting because she's fought at uh, she's fought at bantamweight. Her UFC debut was at bantamweight. Okay, she's fought at flyweight. This fight is at flyweight, and she's fought at strawweight. And looking at her, strawweight is probably the best class for her. But apparently, she's going to fight at uh, flyweight. She lost last time out to uh, Jessica I. It was weird. She started out okay, and then uh, 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 Jessica was given a specific strategy by her coach, Eric Nixick, and it seemed to um, work very well. Viviani, so she lost the fight, and I'm kind of surprised by that because I think she's a better fighter than Jessica. Um, Montana De La Rosa, uh, her husband also fights in the UFC. Um, she's a lower mid card fighter, uh, you know, uh, she's from Texas originally. Uh, I believe they're trained, the two of them are training at Elevation now. Okay, so uh, I like Viviani in this. Uh, who you like? Um, it's hard to tell. I, I like it, Viviani, because she she seems to have a decent skill set. She's fairly athletic. She's busy on the feet. She does a little. She she does a lot of credit, creative strikes, creative feints. I don't know that she has a lot of power, and I'm not sure that she doesn't. I don't know that she's has great physical strength. I I saw Jessica I bully her a little bit. Alexis Davis, who well, was this is why I'm saying okay. I would prefer that she fight at strawweight. Because she's not a bantamweight, she's small for a strawweight, and uh, I would prefer to see her fight at strawweight. Uh, that's where she fought in Japan. She beat fighters. Like one fighter that she beat is a, a very well-regarded fighter, Emmy Fujino. Okay, so I I think I would rather see her fight at strawweight because I think it's the right weight class for her. Well, Why she wants. To- what are camps thinking? When it, when there's a difference in weight classes, camps usually think if you fight at a bigger weight class, they're saying your athleticism, your skill, your cardio is going to make up for any difference in size and physicality. Is what they're what they're well, what they're looking for. 
I don't think she's giving up that much in size with Montana, who started out her career as a strawweight and then was on Tough 26, and so she became a flyweight. No, I, I agree. But just some of the issues she's had in fights, like Alexis Davis isn't, any, isn't a top-end wrestler. She's not a top – she's a very good grappler. She's not a top-end wrestler. She's not a great athlete. She's not super strong. But she was able when she took when she took her down, she couldn't get back up. She couldn't get Davis off her. Davis was just chipping her up. The issue yeah. issue Davis had was Davis bully her in clinches. When Davis hit her, she couldn't do any do any real damage to her. And when when Viviana hit her, Davis Davis isn't very durable. Like in the natural way where she can just take shots and walk through them, it allowed her to get out athleted and out positioned against someone like but the thing that stands out to me is that when Davis got her hands on her, Davis was able to really have her way with her. I don't know that Montana is good enough on the feet, but if Montana is a much better wrestler than Davis, she's a much better athlete. And I feel that there's going to be opportunities for her to get her hands on, get her hands on. How do you say her name? Aragio? Aragio? Sorry? How, how do you say her last name? Viviana Araujo. Araujo. If, if Montana gets her hands on her, I feel she can bully her in clinches. I feel she can take her down. If she gets her down, I, I think there's going to be a finish. If nothing else, she should be able to control her and chip her up. Montana's a very good wrestler. She's very very good defensively as far as her grappling goes, and she applies a lot of pressure at a high pace. So as long as it's on the feet, she's going to have problems, but uh, Miss Araggio isn't going to have that huge athletic advantage she usually has. And we, when she didn't have it against Jessica, I, she got walked down. I believe Montana can walk her down too, especially since that goes a hit. Yeah. It's like I said, I would rather see her in Strawweight. That that's how yeah. I, I will say about it. That I would rather see her in Strawweight. I think she's uh, more suitable for that weight class. Now, I don't know why she's fighting at, at Flyweight. I think she thinks she has an advantage. Yeah, I think she thinks her, her athleticism will be a big enough advantage. Yeah, I don't know about that. It didn't work last time. Why do you think it will work this time? Man, I don't know what these corners mean, but they get paid. They, this, they get they, they get paid to suggest these things, and I, I guarantee yeah. you, her team said we should go with this weight class. Okay, uh, anything else you want to talk about today? Um, like I was, would, it would, it's unfortunate that the uh, Sajari Eubanks fight isn't happening because I was gonna, uh, we were gonna have a discussion about weight cutting, but we can save that for another time. You know, I wanted yeah. to. I had a specific reason why I wanted to talk about that. And Sajara isn't fighting, then I don't want to talk about. It. Okay, no, so I, no. uh, there's not a lot. Not a lot I have. I think we addressed the, the most pressing issues at the time. Uh, I feel the one thing I will say is I find I feel bad for women's MMA because the men. There's so many men, and they're constantly able to fight. And I keep wondering how do cancellations affect not just the division but the women in general because they don't have a whole lot of women who are considered UFC level. So every time it's hard to find replacements, it's find replacement fights, and it just might it might be easier for people to forget the women are in the UFC because once you get a fight canceled, you can't find a replacement. The fight's just gone. Whereas men fight, you just have you can find a replacement fight, you can find a whole other fighter, two or three got two or three options like that, and that can. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you about yesterday, uh, Invicta for Invicta flyweight champ Vanessa Porto signed with Bellator and I'm not going to name any names, but somebody who is a veteran MMA writer and should know better tried to say that it was a big deal and a loss for the UFC. Huh? Yeah. I don't know if it's a loss. I mean, it's a, they, 
they value live bodies very rarely. And UFC teams that have cornered the market on fighters. So in that regard, not having every potential fighter available, it's a well, while. I can, I can tell you why. Because she's 36 years old. Okay? So she's too old. She's been around for a long time. She's an okay fighter. Not great. So she's not this big coup or anything like that. She's going to lose. You know, I mean, she might get a chance at the championship against uh, the Eliminator, but she, she wouldn't beat her. She's not good enough. She never has been good enough. You know, for me, the, one of the problems you run into with, with signing Invicta fighters is how propped up has that fighter been? You know? And, True, but, but in Bellator, how much, how, even though Bellator's got a bigger platform, how much wider is the gap in talent, if we're being honest? I mean, well, Emily Ducote pretty much dominated Bellator except for like maybe three fights. She's dominated Invicta except for one or two fights. So it's, it's only, the talent gap, but the talent gap isn't that different between Bellator and Invicta. I guess. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't look at it and I don't look at it and say that it's a big deal that the UFC did not sign her. I don't think they want her at her age. She's 36 years old. You know, if she's mm-hmm. younger, that's another story. But she she's too old, in my opinion. Now, listen, there's the fact that she's an Invicta champ, does that bring some uh, cash? Well, I guess it does, but uh, obviously the UFC would have, could have signed her if they could, and they didn't. I don't think that they're missing anything. To be quite yeah. honest, I, I think more fighters should try to go to Bellator route because the UFC has so many girls. You're just another in a line of bodies. Go somewhere where yeah. you have priority. I don't care if you're good or not, just as a, for, as a business. Go somewhere where you're a priority. Bellator does not have enough bodies where they can take anybody lightly. Well, and a lot of the fighters that have there are very good, especially the Featherweights. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I'm just going by what's best for the fighter as far as their finances and their opportunity. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's going to make more money in Bellator than she was making at uh, Invicta. But, uh, you know, like I said, this particular individual should know better, okay? So, which is why I mentioned it, because uh, – uh, people like to make a big deal about stuff like this, okay? And sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. And in this case, it isn't, okay? So that's all I got to say about it. Anyway, I think that's about it. Uh, again, uh, check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh you can also check out my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for uh, my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later. Have a good weekend.